La fille qui j'aimerai sera comme bon fin. Qui sait bon faire un peu chaque matin. You speak French. You're listening to the Piercing Wizard podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willette. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience. I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Uh, hi, everybody. How you doing? Thanks for tuning back into the show. As I'm uh, putting this episode together, it is Sunday, February 2nd, that's Groundhog Day, and I'm going to have to go and watch that movie after I'm done editing this episode. Uh, I'm editing this today, and I probably won't publish it until the, the 10th, but I'm going to leave for Glasgow, Scotland uh, tomorrow, and I'll be gone for a, a few days. So I wanted to get this done tomorrow will be the Kevin Jump episode, so that'll be last week for you listening. Uh, and this week is a piercer named Cosmo. I recently went to Atlanta, Georgia on a wrestling trip to see some NWA shows, and I thought uh, I would get together with Cosmo. He's someone that I've wanted to interview on the show for a while now, and our schedules just didn't line up. And now I'm starting to realize uh, why that is, and it's because he works in a massively busy shop. He works in one of Beth Rasumsky's shops in the uh, Atlanta area, Virtue and Vice. And Bethra is kind of, uh, I guess, the queen bee. Uh, Bethra used to be the uh, APP secretary, used to be the APP president, and a lot of people will uh, bring up her name as someone who's very influential in the industry and, and their individual careers, and I think Cosmo would probably say the same thing. Uh, if you ever wanted to go back and listen to Bethra's episode of the show, she did episode number 29. So uh, quite a while ago since I interviewed Bethra. And this interview with Cosmo is really just kind of like shop talk. We talk about what it's like working in a studio like that. Not just a high-volume studio, but a really well-established high-volume studio. What the hiring policies are like. What the, uh, what the flow is like. In a shop where you're doing 50 piercings a day, sometimes a shop might have two or three counter people on at the same time. All this different staff, uh, all these different piercers running multiple areas at a time. And Cosmo talks about doing that kind of volume with just one counter person and himself. So it's a, a pretty interesting perspective on how something like that can be done, uh, can be done with statums, not even prepackaged material. For me, it kind of changed my concept of how you can grow into high volume. Um, and just the ways that you can work with your different resources in the in the shop. So we're going to talk about a, a lot of different shop talk and also uh, Cosmo's volunteer work with the APP and, and how he kind of got into that. But it's a, a pretty interesting a pretty interesting conversation. Stick it on in the background when you're uh, working in your sterilization room or driving into work or something and just kind of feel like you're in the middle of uh, some shop talk. For me, I've got lots of trips coming up over the next couple of weeks. I won't bore you with the details, but I'll tell you that I've got classes in Concord, California, Dusseldorf, Germany, Boston, Massachusetts, Manchester, England, and Chicago, Illinois, all coming up between now and the end of April. So if you're in any of those areas and you want to take a class, uh, you can go to precisionbodyarts.com seminars. You can follow Body Art Education by Ryan Willette on Facebook, or you can email me at ryanpba at gmail.com. But for now, let's get into the shop talk conversation with Cosmo, and I'll be back a little bit more at the end. Um, my name is Cosmo. I work at Virtue and Vice in Atlanta, Georgia, and my Instagram handle is just my name with X's on each end. 
Okay. Just X, C-O-Z-M-O, X. Uh, it seems like everybody has like a piercing by yeah, yeah. blah 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 page and it's actually really hard to find people on there because it's always some weird variation and if you put in like there was uh, a guest that had piercing by Ryan with underscores and stuff yeah, but there was like a gaps. whole bunch of others like with like 40 Ryans <laughs> X's between it or piercings by and all that yeah. anyway um, so we were just chatting about uh, in, in your studio uh how how busy it's got so hit, hit me with that again because like i am not in a studio like that and it's still um, i still can't wrap my mind around something like that so basically slow days are typically around 20 piercings and 15 to 30 change outs on top of that really um, on, on top of it oh. yeah the change out number is often higher yeah um and then busy days could be 40 to 60 piercings and then equal number change outs plus the troubleshooting we do in the lobby mm. to try to keep from adding to that change out list yeah um yeah and you said on some of those days it's just you and one counter person? Yeah, so um, the, my work week is just me and one counter girl named Vanessa. Um, she's like our oldest counter girl, so she's kind of, and I tend to be the fastest in the studio, so we, sure. just, we just pair the two most effective people to kind of get it done quickly. Um, so Monday through Wednesday I work, open to close, and we're that busy. So how long is a shift for you? Um, now they are nine and a half hours. Uh, yeah, so we're in 10.30 to 8 now. It used to be 10 and a half. So... <laughs> 50, 50 piercings and we could say 20 to 40 jewelry changes in a nine-hour shift? Yes. Ouch. <laughs> so I would imagine you're all prepackaged. No. We're uh, point of procedure, so everything's going in a statum. How many statums do you run at a time? Two, okay. uh, consecutively. So okay. two stations, one to the left, one to the right, both yep. with an independent uh, statum. So yep. while one station is set up with a statum running, I'm piercing at the other one and just yeah. bounce back and forth left to right Wow. for the whole shift. And wow. then we typically do last call around 6.30 or 7, so yeah. I can knock out any backlog, count the money and whatnot. What would you say is like a, a typical wait time for somebody like um, It really depends. I keep mine under 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, 20 minutes is like all shit has hit the fan on the weekend. It's gotten to two, three hours sometimes Oof. when there's four of them at maximum capacity. Yes. Yeah. Walk-ins only appointments? Uh, Walk-ins strictly like, or like pretty heavily suggested. Mm -hmm. um, because the appointments are hard to honor. Yeah. Like if you have a, an 1130 appointment and somebody's there at 1129, I'm for sure going to serve them. So mm -hmm. we usually try to steer people away from making appointments because they don't really matter. Sure. Um, sure. If it's something like really complicated, like Bethra in particular, she's appointment only because she's only in our studio for five hours a week. Mm -hmm. um, and then like we try to like like book out like heavy genital stuff so we can at least be mentally prepared. Yeah. So I don't get hit with like a bunch of like anodized frenums before a sure. rush. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I used to be really into anodizing. Like when I first got it, it was the cool shiny toy. Yeah. And now everybody, I was like, hey, do you want that purple? Do you want that green? Blah, blah, blah. And yeah. now it's like, just don't, don't just mention please, the anodizer don't on that, a busy day. Yeah. That slows me down even more. Right. Yeah. So walk me through the flow then. If somebody comes in, I would imagine, do they start with paperwork or do they start with a consultation? Um, it really depends on what it is. Um, some of the stuff doesn't really require a consultation because the counter girls, um, Super average, talented kind of enough stuff. to where like she can like basically tell somebody, "Yep, you're good to go on this like basic ear piercing or nostril or whatever." Ear, yeah. yeah. Um, when it comes down to it, typically a visual inspection, I'll tell her sizing. Mm -hmm. um, by then, she's already sold them a top or whatever it is like yeah. on their thing. Mm -hmm. If it's like genitals, nipples, navels, things that are like potentially a no, mm -hmm. uh, industrials, we wait on that. The console comes first. Mm -hmm. um, but it's pretty seamless. She'll ask them all like the paperwork questions, get them finished on paperwork, doing an aftercare speech, basically reciting the APP pamphlet mm -hmm. at one and a half times speed. <laughs> but um, uh, then I just get a cup with a sterilization strip in it, full okay. of jewelry, I take it back, mm -hmm. and then tick tock left to right, and mm -hmm. yeah, pull them back as quickly as I can. So are you setting up 
more than one client per statum cassette, or is it? It depends like on how busy we are. Like, if yeah. if one is in the statum and one more comes in, they'll be in the second statum. Mm -hmm. um, if three people walk in at once, it'll be three and one, okay. leaving the other one on. Sure. I try to always keep one open. So yeah. That, yeah. And then is it? Are you working out of two piercing stations, like yes. back and forth? Okay. Two stations. So like you, I would imagine you pierce, disinfect, move to the other station. Yeah. So I would forth, basically um, do everything that you would do post piercing, except. I just walk into another station and it's all set up and I start all over again hmm. and then I'll end that one. I usually pre-set up a station. So after I disinfect, um, I'll have like a dental bib set up with like my alcohol iodine, mm -hmm. like all of my things still sealed on it so I can transfer it to a mayo stand assembled, hmm. uh, table papers like wiped and back down. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I usually mean, try to set it up as much as possible and then I keep a stack of 10 Statum cassettes that are preset with gauze q-tips and toothpicks like no big deal 10 statum cassette like what? full cassettes or like the interior plastic oh, in interior cassettes yeah. okay, like, okay so okay. we have like metal ones but yeah so yeah. like a i have a bunch of those set up to where mm. they have like i'm just adding needle and jewelry yeah and that's really all i'm using yeah um potentially a snip adds to like the q-tip toothpick and gauze pack mm -hmm. so i just throw that in seal it and yeah. that's usually the beginning of the day thing and then any downtime i redo the 10 so that they're just grabbing and placing them there sometimes they're open on the statum cassette already yeah yeah. I'd imagine you're in a flow for it, and it sounds like it's clockwork. I, I don't know that I'd be able to handle that. It's way easier alone. Um, yeah? Yeah, like, it's 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 easier for me to know that I have something sitting there ready than if right. I'm working with somebody else. I think that's why I'm on the solo shifts. Okay. Because on the weekend, they're operating completely different. Mm -hmm. um, but that just works for me. Typically, when I'm working with somebody else, I'm outpacing them. Sure. Which, it, it's not a really a good thing, because mm -hmm. I'll be three ahead, they'll be behind. And sometimes, like, if a couple comes in, and they're split between us two. Yeah, Boy, yeah, boyfriend yeah. served 30 minutes before girlfriend it makes the whole place look bad mm -hmm. so hmm. yeah do you do any tandem stuff like if somebody uh, comes in for nipples or lobes or something I don't because I'm always alone yeah um, but sometimes it happens on the weekend mm -hmm. um, typically that would be an appointment thing where Beth would be the other one okay um, she'll book it for hers and whoever is actually on the shift will do yeah. it with her but yeah how long have you been working for Beth at this point uh, I think five years now five years cool uh, what's it like working for someone like Beth because she's she's got all that experience she's very like She's a leadership type yeah. person. Um, at this point, I'm kind of left to my own devices, which is cool. But like, it's cool that like for sure she has the answer to an issue. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. and she's like glued to her phone. So yeah. like, even though she's rarely in the studio with me, like a quick phone call gets me the answer I need for sure. Yeah. Um, that even applies to like APP stuff. Like, she's already been in all the positions that I can find myself sure. in. So I'm yeah. just like, yeah. hey, so what do I do here? It's right. way easier than like following the typical chain. That's got to um, be convenient. Yeah, it's. It's like a cheat sheet for piercing. Basically, yeah. <laughs> like, How many studios does she have? Three or four? Three now. Three. Uh, so we own Pain and Wonder in Athens and then Queen, Queen Bee in Marietta. Yeah. yeah. That's the newest one. Uh, you know how long it took me to figure out Queen Bee for B for Bathra? Yeah. I would imagine, like, it, I was like, <laughs> I would oh, imagine so. Uh, that makes more sense. There's also a coffee shop by that same name, so it's always weird. And people look it up, they're like, they're sending me the wrong direction. Okay. <laughs> At least it's not like, you know, peach tree piercings or something Yeah, like something that. generic. Yeah. Like, um, Atlanta Bling. So what's what's like the what's the the hotness right now for piercing? Um, we're just doing like a lot of nostrils, honestly. We're nostrils. doing a ton of nostrils. I think the other day I had fourteen, like consecutively with no break between really? the fourteen nostrils, which yeah. is pretty strange. So with something like that, do you do you like doing the same thing back to back? Are you like trying to like uh, try out new techniques, or are you just dialing it in to the point where it's like? Nah, yeah, I'd like, I'd like to do something back to back, so I'm like super consistent with it. Yeah, I've gotten to the point now where I'm almost have it worked out to where I can do everything the exact same way, mm -hmm. which used to be an issue. Like if, an, if anatomy was tricky, I used to have to mix it up. Sure. But now I've kind of like got it worked out, mm -hmm. which is sick. 
Yeah. What would what would throw you off for something different? Like for me, I, I have like my inside out really comfortable technique. But yeah. if I'm doing like paired nostrils, I might switch it up a little bit and do more yeah. of like an outside in thing. I used to have to do this thing where I'd switch to piercing right handed instead mm-hmm. of left, okay. like based on side. Are you a natural lefty? Yeah. Okay. But now I've got it to where like if I'm doing paired nostrils, I can do them both in my left hand, which was like kind of a game changer because mm-hmm. like holding something with your right hand, no matter how many times you do it, or at least for me, a yeah. left handed person is pretty sketchy mm-hmm. and like shaky, and now it's that's cool. I can't uh, do any needle stuff. I'm right-handed. I can't yeah. do any needle stuff with my left hand, but I can't screw on end pieces with my right hand. Yeah. Which doesn't make that sense. That was also like a weird thing learning how to like, like for navels was like a, a really difficult one was like gripping the tissue with my right hand so that I could throw it with my left, mm-hmm. even though I had just had it in my left hand, like that sure. weird switch hand thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Are you like a pierce out of your hands person? Um, no, I use a tray. Okay. Um, a tray, but I typically go direction of jewelry. So like always inside out or sure. bottom up. Yeah. And, uh, so like there's no kind of like back and forth kind of less tools like speaking with my hands that nobody can see are you a, a reprocessing studio or a disposable studio uh we're i mean technically we're a reprocessing studio but i'm completely disposable mm-hmm. so it's like everybody's operating completely different yeah. um the studio set up to where anybody can drop in and mm-hmm. work the normal way mm-hmm. like if you're a sterile glove type we have them if you're a box glove type we have them if you're mask no mask mm-hmm. like beard net anything um we have every possible tool you could need yeah and then those in disposable and then those like those in actual disposable like plastic hemostats and then like mm. Um, needle blanks and whatnot to make your own if that's what you're doing. Sure. Um, so yeah, it works out pretty well. Like nobody's ever uncomfortable there because we have way too many things. Do you have a lot of guest artists coming through, or is it just it's, like the staff from the three uh, shop shifting around? The three. Sh- so we have me um, and Lena were there. Like that's just our shop, and mm-hmm. then we have two people from the other shop. Two people that come from Queen Bee. They split their week, and then every now and again, the guy from Athens will come down. Mm-hmm. But it's typically only the only time we see a guest is, I would say three to four times a year yeah. covering employee vacations, vacations and um, stuff, yeah. yeah last year we got like pretty serious about taking vacations because we were all getting burned out so we, well with that kind of volume we all yeah. took two week vacations and had yeah. two guests per like one week and then another week i'd imagine you'd have to manage yourself in that way with that kind of volume otherwise you're just going to run into a wall oh that that's where we all were at like yeah. we were all like dead mm. and then it was kind of like a mandatory vacation thing sure like i don't even i don't think anybody asked for it i think she was like you know what you're gonna do <laughs> you're gonna not come to work i think uh, beth was smart enough to realize the, the oh, concept of human resources yeah you know? um and you can start to see it like you can start to see wait times grow and like sure. yeah <laughs> the complaint list get bigger when normally it's nothing tips and, dropping yeah. reviews yeah. dropping but uh yeah it, luckily, it all stayed afloat until that point, so mm-hmm. it's been pretty flawless yeah. thus far. I talked to a lot of different people in a lot of different shops, and um, you know, for me, an average day is five to ten. A busy day is twenty to twenty-five, and then yeah. like you know, a handful of jewelry changes and, and stuff on top of that. And uh, I, I know that I probably could adapt to higher volume, and I'm sure that you know, if you've been working there for five years, it, it, it's yeah. probably different now than it was five years ago. Yeah, it's, it's where you grow into steady it. Steady incline, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, twenty used to be a busy day when I first started, but mm-hmm. then it just kind of like hit. Um, Is it like college kids or? Yeah, we're surrounded by schools. We're in between um, Georgia Tech and Emory, mm-hmm. and then it's just like we're off a major highway. Um, the other two good studios in town are right next to each other on mm-hmm. the complete other side of town. Sure. So like. They kind of battle it out over there while mm-hmm. we like have that whole like northern region that just comes there. Okay. Um, everybody comes down from the burbs and just stops at us versus pushing further into the city. Okay. Because as far as the city goes, we're pretty far north. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then what's that area that Colo's in? Like Little Five Points? Uh, so Little Five Points would be where Colo is, yeah. Yeah. And then pretty close to them is Piercing Experience. Like mm-hmm. you could walk from one to the other. Yeah, I think um, I have. But there mm-hmm. we're a solid probably like I mean with Atlanta traffic we're a solid thirty minutes from them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's. 
it's cool because this area seems like uh, everybody knows each other and gets along reasonably well. Yeah. You're not right on top of each other where you have yeah. to cut each other's throats. We have a pretty solid relationship with Cola, which yeah. like I grew up going there, so it was kind of it's cool to go full circle. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. How's it working out with Lena? Because I know she came here from, she, was yeah. she in Kentucky? Yeah, she was in Kentucky yeah. um, with Whitney. Um, yeah. yeah, she's doing good. Um, she bought a house, which cool. is I think the sign of success. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, especially in this industry, not many people get to do that. I remember years uh, ago, you know, having some, some piercer friends move to a shop and then they're like, yeah, I'm going to buy a house here. And it's like, wow, that's awesome. Cool. This is like a, it's a really easy town to do it in. Not necessarily price wise, because it's getting more and more expensive, mm-hmm. but it's like, no matter what you're into, there's, you can do that here. Something available. Like, no matter what kind of like wild subculture you might like, there's a massive group of that here. It's because the population is so high. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's really easy to settle into, I think. Hmm. Very few people come here and don't have fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've always had a good time here. Yeah. Maybe a little too good of a time. Like oh, for sure, it's a, it's a slippery slope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, let's talk about some of your APP experience. In how long have you been a member? Uh, I think 2015 or 16. Okay, so uh, right around the time I you came. Honestly, don't remember. Yeah, started, started yeah, it was Bethra. when I started with Bethra. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had been to two conferences pre working for Bethra, but then was basically got membership instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a requirement at our studio. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Yeah. So I, I know that you've helped me out when I was doing outreach stuff uh, and when mm-hmm. outreach was handling the health conferences. Yeah. Uh, was that your first experience doing volunteer stuff? Or um, had you done, I had like, done the mentor, the mentor program for a couple years before that. Mm-hmm. And I think that might have been it. Yeah. Okay. So what was it like doing the, the health conference? Oh, it was great. Um, yeah. Tyler did a lot of it, like massive hand in that. Um, mm-hmm. But it was really just like hanging out with a bunch of cool people. Yeah. Like they would come by and chat and like they were genuinely pretty interested. Yeah. Yeah. Did you run into anybody that was like piercers? No. They, really, we just ran into a bunch of people that had stories about their friends getting pierced. Okay. <laughs> like, which is, it was, it was like another day at work, except yeah. I didn't actually do anything. Yeah. 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 Just like the same exact small talk and handing mm-hmm. out brochures. It was pretty chill. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I helped manage them for years, but I had never, I've never actually been the rep yeah, at yeah. a health conference. I think part of me thinks it would be super boring and part of me thinks it would be super fascinating and maybe it lands somewhere it's a, Yeah, it's a combination of both depending on the hour. Yeah. Um, yeah. It worked out to where Tyler was in the booth more hours than I was, but like, yeah, it was sometimes entertaining, sometimes really boring. Mm-hmm. He befriended the neighbors, which, which he does. He's a yeah. friendly dude. Yeah. So like, we ended up like hanging out with them a good bit. But so yeah. what, um, did that like kind of unlock any interest for you because now you're on the membership committee so how, how was that transition yeah I think it just made it clear how easy it was to volunteer like mm. not like as far as getting into volunteering but how chill the actual work was yeah like, I think a lot like, of people get intimidated thinking yeah. that there's all this pressure and it's like no it's, it's a volunteer organization yeah especially with my like actual workload like I don't go to like we're so busy I don't go to work very many days yeah. so it leaves a lot of time to do other stuff okay yeah like I'm only working three days a week so mm-hmm. It's what I mean, you're you're doing like two weeks worth of work yeah. in those three days. So I, sometimes more than that is pretty insane. Yeah, like our New Year's Eve and New Year's like, or the day before New Year's Eve and New Year's Eve were pretty intense. So mm-hmm. like, I was talking to people about it, see how busy they were. I was like, oh, everybody's this busy, and that yeah. just wasn't the case. We've had some like spikes at home, but yeah. I. I I, I feel like before I used to definitely have like the dead season and then the busy season, yeah. and now it's kind of like a comfortable yeah. consistent season all year round ours definitely fluctuates a lot but it's like even like the slow season is now still what people would consider busy so it's mm. like everybody's eating it's just sure yeah um you come to appreciate those slower times honestly does it get slower for you in the summer when college kids are gone? um no like i mean bet there would be the one with the actual numbers but as far as what i'm doing it seems like the November, December are like my slow until like Christmas hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like those two are like during the summer we're just slammed all the time because yeah. I think 
like just everybody's hanging out, a bunch of kids with no school to go to. Mm. Like, I think a lot of people move here from pretty far away to go to school. Yeah. Um, so they don't go home for like summers or anything. They're just here working yeah. jobs. And, Get a summer job yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Spend the money on piercings. Yeah. So how did you? How did you get onto the membership committee? Was that something where you filled out the survey and they kind of placed you, or did someone yeah. reach out to you? Um, I filled out the survey pretty early on. Um, it was probably two years before it actually happened, and then Monica just hit me up, I believe. It was either Monica or Pablo that hit me up first off, and mm-hmm. it was just like, hey, are you interested in this? Because your name's bouncing around, and I was. So. Yeah. But yeah, kind of down to help in any aspect I can. So. Sure. What's that experience been like? Because I don't have a lot of... Oh, it's been know great. as far as that um, committee, but I, I know that they're one of the busier committees. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a nonstop job for sure. Like, we have our meetings, but then you're working throughout the week on mm-hmm. applications or whatnot. But yeah. it, it kind of works in clockwork. You're never on something necessarily alone. Um, so mm-hmm. it's all divvied out pretty evenly. And, sure. Um, yeah, it's pretty seamless. Like, Monica's running it pretty well to where, like, nothing really falls be- between the cracks. And mm-hmm. if it does, she's standing in the crack to catch it. Right, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Which probably means her and Pablo are working harder than everybody else, but that makes our job pretty easy. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, you know, that's another sign of leadership is not just leaving all of it for somebody else. Yeah. Like, just Oh, they're doing they're doing for sure more than us. Like, yeah. yeah, for, like, every one or two applications I'm on, she's doing four to five. Mm-hmm. That never even, like, get mentioned to me because she just knocks them out really quickly. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she seems like a definite workhorse because I've seen her progress through, you know, starting it as a scholar and then a member and yeah. then doing all the volunteer work and now a board member and everything. Yeah. So it's it's great to see her um, keep that motivation. I think some people run yeah, into a wall. They hit the wall or start to fade pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's just going to be onward and upward for her. Mm-hmm. She's like has that in her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. What's, what's probably the most common thing that comes up with membership, like uh, questions before people apply or during the application process? Um, I never get the be- before application questions. It doesn't get to me. Most of my job is dealing with uh, like personal criteria stuff, so like environmental mm-hmm. health stuff, um, like checking first aid and CPR certificates, bloodborne pathogen stuff. Okay. Like if you actually hear from me, it's probably because something expired and I have to like, ask you to upload it again, right. like a new one. Right. Um, but that's kind of where I've been like assigned within the committee. Mm-hmm. Um, so very, like my job doesn't really require like people don't have questions they understand that they have to go like there's an expiration date and sure. theirs has passed <laughs> so are you doing like the, the compliance stuff on the website yeah, i'm doing okay. all the, like yeah me and christina outland are um basically doing most of the compliance stuff mm-hmm. including like a current members making sure that stuff's still in spec and is that a little bit mind-numbing yes yeah. uh, <laughs> because there's so many of them it's like at least yeah. three documents per person for every single member especially They're all like, expiring randomly yeah well <laughs> does it do they have it kind of set up where everybody expires around the same time no. or it has to renew They, at the they same all time? expire. So there's set expiration dates, one, two, three years, mm-hmm. um, but they're all based on the day that you took the thing. So oh, okay. it could be any day of the year. Yeah. Um, so we used to have like a, like when they upload the new ones, they'll sit in pending and I have to go accept or decline mm-hmm. and then search for ones that are, you know, the system works out pretty well where it's easy to categorize, but mm-hmm. it's definitely a lot of like review, make sure the dates and try to keep the date in line while you go back and hit accept. And, oh, that would melt uh, my brain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so any, any aspirations for like future APP stuff? Like, do you want to teach classes or run for the uh, board or anything? Yeah. Like that? So I've taught, I did a round table last year mm-hmm. and then this year I'm doing a bedside manner with John Johnson. Cool. So just keep adding to that class load ideally year mm-hmm. for year. Um, yeah. Are you like an energy piercer or like what's your what's your concept of bedside manner? Um, I think it's way different from John just like from my like experiences with him. But I definitely just treat people like they're my friends. Like mm-hmm. we're having a good time. Like I'm definitely not into like the whole spiritual end, mm-hmm. um, which a lot of people are. Um, it's just never something like I really subscribe to. Like I think I went to a bunch of like pop punk shows and we're like, oh, those guys have piercings. I'm going to have piercings. So yeah. it's like it's definitely like a, I don't know, or more youthful experience just hanging out. 
I did a I did a bedside manner class with Jesse V a couple of years ago uh -huh. because um, a lot of the classes I teach are just classes that I would want to be in and I haven't seen yet. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the bedside manner classes previously were really heavily based on that energy connection and the spirituality yeah. side of it, and that that never resonated for me. Same. Yeah. So I did like a bedside manner for extroverts and introverts class, yeah. and I feel like it was okay. But I feel like most people were like. Aren't you going to talk about energy and spirituality? And I was like, no. yeah, maybe somebody uh, next year can do that. I, I think John will. Like, that's definitely yeah. like his vibe. Um, he's definitely way more into that. Mm -hmm. And then I think a lot of people also have to consider the fact that, like, I'm probably with the person for three minutes. <laughs> like, like often. Yeah. Like, uh, at certain times, the counter girl has, like, timed it jokingly. Like, when I go into when I'm coming out. And mm -hmm. often it's three minutes that I'm in there. Mm. Um, I've got it dialed into where it's, like, as quickly as physically possible. So... Um, if you're with somebody for that short a period of time, do you have like um, like a shtick, like a routine for your bedside uh, manner? I or? definitely find myself saying the same thing a lot of times, but it's usually like in response to the things that they're saying. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, most of it is usually like trying to steer them through the process as quickly as possible. Like, yeah. so they can like, like um, even like when I'm showing them a mark, I usually while I'm making them or prepping or before I make the mark, I'm explaining why the mark is where it is before mm -hmm. the mark actually exists. So you just get less like, of that like, so shouldn't it be in the crease? Yeah, I'm just like, no. Yeah. Like, so that kind of worked out pretty well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's typically like hit them with a one-liner, then we're done. And then mm -hmm. that's it. <laughs> and yeah. like, I'll see you on the next one. And make them like, giggle a little I'm, bit. I'm holding the door for them. So, nice. so that like. <laughs> yeah. I tend to do that a lot too. It's uh, if, if people are wanting to kind of linger a little bit yeah. i'll just open the door and be like if you have any questions here's my card send well, me an email we also have like so our, we have swinging doors mm -hmm. um and it swings out into a hallway so like it's better that i hold the door open versus them leaving randomly because i know to like kind of pump the door a little bit so mm -hmm. that the counter girl isn't standing there and then ex like extend it yeah so i end up in the hallway first anyway to let them out and come back in and so do nobody ends up with a broken nose yeah. and they don't get run over because you could definitely and the doors there's two swinging doors directly across from each other so we kind of have like our system we're like like my arm is on the door across the hall, so when they start to do their little pump, mm -hmm. like they feel that resistance and stop. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So what are you, what are you doing to prepare for for teaching a class this year? And, and is it something where you've already kind of talked to John and, and worked out a concept, or are you still um, building? So we have John has his like slideshow layout kind of ready with like his thing, and mm -hmm. I just can basically researching the subject um, to kind of find like some common ground with that. Um, yeah. A very medical approach to like what they're doing as far as our research and then just see how that changes you know because mm -hmm. obviously certain things don't apply but yeah it's really it it's just trying to know as much as i can about the subject in itself yeah so like i'm not just you know spouting off a bunch of bullshit well i mean you don't necessarily always have to thoroughly research something you can you can share your experience but it definitely helps to have a yeah, little yeah. bit of information we can be like this is why customers might be responsive to this you know yeah absolutely talk. yeah i mean we our system is pretty much set up to where like it does not much talking has to happen. Mm -hmm. Like most of the talking is has nothing to do with what's going on. I'm like, yeah. they're wearing scrubs, so I'm talking about their job, or they're, you know, mm -hmm. I spot their car key, so I'm talking about cars. Yeah. And like a, like it's very like the counter girl has it covered to where she's completely explained aftercare. She's completely explained they're what's just, going they're on. They're primed and ready. Yeah, they. It's just doing the work at that point. Mm -hmm. um, our system is pretty seamless to where like I'm just usually having a chat with a, potentially a friend at that point because they yeah. come in a lot. Um, yeah, it's it's all small talk, but or like keeping up with other things. Like we have like certain people that always come in with like their girlfriend, boyfriend, mm -hmm. daughter, and it's like when they're alone, we're talking about that. Like, how's that person doing? Or like, you know. Yeah, I have a really hard time, even even with 
way less customers than you have. I have a really hard time remembering details about yeah. like specific people. I can recognize faces and sort of remember what I've done on them if it was somewhat recent, but to the point where I'd be able to ask questions about their kids or something or yeah. pets. Like, I, I do have some customers that fall into that category, but not many. It's like I can definitely remember them if they came into like we have people that always come in with their like we have one girl in particular who I'm thinking of she always comes in with her mom mm -hmm. so it's like strange when her mom isn't there <laughs> and like I've had that like with with minors especially they've come in for years with their yeah. parent and I'll be chattier with the parent than with the client sometimes yeah and then once they hit 18 and stop coming in it's like oh I miss saying hi to your mom or your yeah. dad for sure yeah. um, but I think we also have like really loyal customers, not necessarily loyal to the studio, but loyal to the person. Mm -hmm. So like the people that come in for me are always coming in for me and the people that come in for Lena are always coming in for yeah. Lena. And like, even if it's like the most ridiculous thing, like sometimes it's bad. Mm -hmm. Like they'll be like, I just want to get this downsized, but like Lena's not here. I'm I like, don't trust we, Cosmo. Like yeah. we like, you should probably just go do that. And yeah. I often try to like, like not working the weekends in the piercing industry is a pretty weird thing. Mm -hmm. So like a lot of times people are like, oh, I want to come in this day. And I'm like, well, Eric, Eric is there. Mm -hmm. Like, if you want a guy, Eric's your guy. And there's yeah. like, no. It's um, cool that, that you have that kind of cool. loyalty, though, from people. And yeah. You know, I, I've, uh, when, I, uh, when I started training other piercers, and people would start coming in and being like, oh, yeah, is, is Aaron here or is Evan here? I'd be like, but I'm Ryan. Why don't you get <laughs> But it's me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh -oh. But yeah, sometimes it's like, sometimes it's flattering, but then other times I'm like, man, you really should just go in on Saturday. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, especially if it's like a troubleshooting thing and they're like waiting on me. I'm like, this is unnecessary. Sure, everybody's qualified yeah. to answer that question. I mean, I mean, I'm a firm believer that like if everybody does the job right, you get the same exact product. Like mm -hmm. we should be interchangeable. Um, I think that's the measure of doing a good job. Yeah. Like it's, there's less artistic expression in this, I think, than other industries. Sure. Yeah. It's yeah. a technical skill. I mean, you yeah. can have an artistic eye for things like placement or jewelry selection, but yeah. at the end of the day, it's more of a technical skill. We definitely do like the, as far as the jewelry selection, it's, I'm, very rarely involved mm -hmm. like the counter girls either doing it or they're doing it on their own like we have probably one of the biggest press fit selections i've ever seen so it's usually like them standing there for a while mm -hmm. deciding and then um, she'll tell them yes or no on something every now and again like something like let's say a tragus or a forward helix the end might be too large so she'll call me in for that and sure. i'll just kind of guide them but typically mm -hmm. um especially with the counter girl that i work with i only work with the one and always her for years so mm -hmm. like she knows exactly what I'm trying to use. I'm sure you have a really good flow then. Yeah. yeah. Like she wouldn't set me up with a piece of jewelry she knows I'm going to hate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like she'll mm -hmm. pretty, talk, pretty, pretty strongly talk them out of it. So with a system like that, are you, uh, do you ring people up before they get pierced or after? Yeah. So we um, just, I mean, I think part of being in the inner city, especially being in like such a busy area, it's like we'd have to ring them up or everybody would just mm -hmm. leave. Yeah. <laughs> like, that makes sense. Especially with some of the higher end tickets, mm -hmm. like the totals can jump up pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, so it's just that. Um, yeah. For me, I, I've tried different methods because, uh, like right now, I ring people up before I pierce them also. And then I've told that to some people and they've been like, oh, that's nuts that you would do that. You should do it after. I tried that for a little while and there would always be hiccups like their credit card was declined yeah, or, or this they, or that. And it's like, well, shit, what do I do? We have a pretty strict like payment policy too where it's mm -hmm. like you have to present ID no matter what. And yeah. have to, the card has to be in your name. So like, yeah. no, like if we did that, we'd have a ton of like college girls coming with their dad's cards that we can't Same. charge them and figuring out how they're going to go to an ATM or something. People get upset when you tell them that too. They're like, it's my mom's ID. And it's like, well, like, then your mom should be here. Like, yeah. I can't take someone else's ID. Yeah. So I mean, just, not, it, not ID, it, credit card. Yeah. It's, it just saves us a lot of hassle. Mm -hmm. um, it's because a lot of times, even people that like full on have the money in their name, something hiccups or like our internet goes down and credit card terminal doesn't work. And it's like, ah, at mm -hmm. this point, you'd be sitting there with 600 bucks and you. And like, Do you use Square by chance? Uh, we don't at our location, but mm -hmm. it's like, it's in the works. Um, 
basically anything that changes has to change at the other shops first mm-hmm. before it gets to the like the cash cow. Okay. Like before like we try to like like a test. Tr- try something out for like sixty piercings a day, it's better mm-hmm. to try it like at a ten piercings a day. That's smart. So I don't know if it's this year or next year, but it's definitely in the works. Like they're trying it at the other shops now. Yeah. Uh, I, which I think will, actually will help a lot. Posted about that because there was a like Square just went out like nationwide the yeah. other day and it was I mean, so frustrating. We have like standard old like phone dial up looking internet <laughs> or a credit card terminal, so it's like it goes out all the time. Yeah. Um, so I mean, they definitely have their flaws, and I think the the biggest thing at Square would be seeing like two percentages on screen because mm-hmm. typically we're just having people tell us a total like, yeah, what do you want to add? Sure. sure. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I noticed that for me, it really shot it up a lot because. Uh, I do it on a tablet that they they handle. Like yeah. I, I ring them up in the piercing room because I'm not crazy busy or anything. Yeah. And they get the opportunity to sit there and really look at it. You can put in like pre-made percentages or they can put in their own tip. And since we started doing that, our tips went up by like 400% because yeah. before it was just, oh, I'll put five bucks on yeah, it. Yeah, we get a lot of those five or tens. And yeah. Now with Square, sometimes Sing you get a total. 40 or $50 tip yeah. for, for like higher ticket purchases. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's also like the fact that like a lot of our math is like, I mean, not by hand, but we're using a calculator, but like, it's just going to make everything more seamless. Sure. It's just like, that's the total. <laughs> yeah, just the, the convenience like, aspect of being like 20%. Yeah, or calculating tax like with the calculator is like, we've been doing that for years. Mm, that sounds it, fun. It'd be cool to not do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I don't, that's a, such a foreign concept to me because I'm in New Hampshire. Yeah. Live for your die, no taxes. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't have to deal with that. Yeah. I don't know, 9% roughly here. Really? Yeah. Do you feel so, like that impacts higher ticket sales negatively? Um. Not necessarily. Or people just used to it because they live here? They're just used to it. Like, that's okay. every single product you buy here. Mm-hmm. Um, no. Our clients are pretty polarized. Either they're coming in to spend a lot of money or they're coming in to spend as little money as possible. Sure. Um, and they know where they fall and we respect that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's like, um, it's definitely like laid out to where like you can come in and buy a $15 piece of jewelry or $1,500 piece of jewelry. So mm-hmm. like, and we explain that up front and yeah. kind of have it laid out to where like it's gaining incrementally as you go to the left so you can feel where you fall. Mm-hmm. Um, I have really big labels on all the displays now, so it's like you're. It's very clear if you're looking at a CZ or a diamond because okay. they're all grouped together. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you feel like that's helped sales or? Uh, it's definitely helped sales in the sense that people like they understand a little bit better. Like mm-hmm. if there's like a gold CZ next to a gold diamond, they're gonna be like, why is this one more? But if they're like, if there's one behind a sign that says genuine diamonds, and then sure. like one a little further down that says. Are they like price labels or like they're just they're, labels? None of, there's no prices on. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah. Very rarely are there. Um, prices on anything. Mm-hmm. We have a price book on a big grid system, um, but it's just labeling what you're looking at. Yeah. Um, that way, people understand like basically why something would be cheaper mm-hmm. or more expensive for that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's typically listing material and whether or not something is genuine. So there's like three displays. I think displays probably hold I don't know, a couple two to three hundred pieces. So there's three displays of titanium, mm-hmm. so thousand pieces or something ridiculous. Oh, um, is that all? Uh, just, just you know, just a few. Do, do uh, you still get the? Is this everything you have? Oh, all the time, and literally, like, if you're getting your nostril done, you have thousands of options, yeah. and that doesn't include like sizes, like, like doesn't that doesn't count like CZs and four sizes as four items. That counts as one item. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's the three displays of titanium, a yellow gold, white gold, and rose gold. Those are three separate displays. Um, all of those would have synthetic stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a genuine diamond display, a genuine natural stone display, where like. Um, opals pearls and all that stuff that'd be genuine is there and then there's a display of like what we call like the large display um where like big like kind of like twapa ends would be like mm-hmm. things that are too big to be on the big display because they would like be bumping into each other yeah um yeah and that's just the press fit so they kind of know and then cool. if you step that's two display cases like 
I don't know, five or six foot display cases. And when you step over, that's it basically repeats and threaded. Mm -hmm. um, so the same out and threaded stuff in 14. Okay. Uh, we have almost no 16 gauge stock and threaded stuff. Yeah. Um, because 16 gauge is dying, I need everybody to accept that. Yeah, um. <laughs> I've actually I've actually started switching a lot of stuff from 18 to 16 for yeah. like cartilage. I wouldn't say that it's like a night or day difference or anything like that, yeah. but I've been getting good results. Yeah, cartilage earlobes. I've been hearing a lot of people pushing for 18 gauge lips, which yeah. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm interested in. I'm like maybe two sizes. Maybe. I did that for quite a while. What, yeah. What's your standard? 14. Um, we're doing 16 gauge lips a lot, 16, um, yeah. but like the more and more I see people coming in with 18 gauge stuff, the more I'm intrigued by it. Mm because I could see it being like a, a huge inventory help for a lot of studios that are yeah. having like, especially smaller studios that are having a hard time. Um, like at my last studio, I was in charge of everything and I like had to like really prioritize what I was gonna order because mm. the budget was so small. I could see like if the industry kind of like polarized a little bit more, like I could see that really helping some of those smaller studios get their foothold in like quality stuff. Mm -hmm. I started really scaling back on some of my lines. Uh, gold threaded, I'll only do that for like the big elaborate things. Yeah. I, uh, I was talking to someone that said that all of their genuine stones are all threaded just for that added security, so you don't have yeah. to worry about losing a fancy, you know, expensive piece. But mostly I'm doing press fit for everything, yeah. and then I'll stock 18 and 16 threadless backings yeah. for whatever. And I almost never use 14 gauge at this point. We literally stock everything. Yeah. Um, so we have... I was actually talking to a girl about that just yesterday because she was asking me some inventory questions, trying to get some stuff from us. But... um. As far as like press fit goes, we have every single size possible with every single back possible. Mm. So it's like 16, 18, 16, 14 with all the backs they offer yeah. in all the sizes, including the in-between sizes. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we it kind of helps that like, we can, like if you buy one piece of thread list, we can almost put it anywhere yeah. by selling you a new post, mm -hmm. which kind of really helps with our clients because we definitely have something to like bounce stuff around. Sure, yeah. I think we're do definitely doing like a lot of 14 gauge stuff and like, ears for sure, like mm -hmm. conches and helixes, depending yeah. on what it is. I'm still putting them on 16s. I'm, I, I kind of have uh, my sizes set up where I want to have a crossover with a lot, you know, like 16 for all these, 18 for all these, whatever, and, yeah. and then just retire a lot of different sizes for backings. And then when people, after a while, once people come in, they're all wearing the like same thing, something pretty similar. Yeah. I mean, it's fit to them. We but. had a, we had a pretty big hiccup with that, with the old style 16 gauge posts. Like we still have a lot sure. of them. Yeah. Like we're finally running out of the ends and it's been what, a couple of years since they stopped that. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I just kind of abandoned mine because, uh, I started, once I started running out of some of my selection, I was like, yeah. well, it's all kind of. I mean, that was kind useless of useless for me. Like at that point, that was kind of like I didn't even really understand why people cared too much because I was still coming from like my last studio where it was like either you're getting 18 gauge stuff or you're getting 14 gauge stuff. Mm -hmm. And the 14 gauge stuff was all threaded. So I was like, why do you guys care so much? And then yeah. I saw Bethers inventory of it. I was like, oh, this is why they care. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. And I'm sure when you have it in bulk, it's when it's like a giant investment, it's like, well, we got to turn this stuff around. Even yeah, that's the, that's the thing. I feel like. Even just explaining the amount that we have like to show, that's the displays. Mm -hmm. So there's there's literally like a card catalog, like an old library style one full of stuff. So it's like like that same person I was talking to is like it's really hard to explain how much back stock we have until sure. you, until you see the, the six drawers that are like just ends or mm -hmm. like several bags of post and it's just like one thing like that can cost her like tens of thousands of dollars in yeah. stock if yeah. it's like suddenly not important anymore. Um, yeah, yeah, something like that would probably suck if you're not. Yeah, up, just I'm glad I don't have stuff. to deal with it. Yeah, wow. <laughs> but yeah. Huh. Uh, any opinions on uh, the the neo metal news? Or um, honestly, I like I tried to stay really detached. Mm -hmm. Like I'm definitely friends with a lot of people in the industry, but as far as like industry news, I'm usually getting it late. So I did get it late. Yeah. Um, I was talking to Beth about it, and I'm 
since the patents are all gone, I don't know that like like you like if you have some like ethical bias to that, you can acquire the same. Sure. Oh, they're like at this point, it's less original than other companies. Like mm-hmm. like I brought up like uh, like those IS Odyssey clickers. Like you get them from them, where you don't get them. Like mm-hmm. almost everything that Neo Metal offers, you can now like because of the lay of the land, you yeah. can get it somewhere else if you're really that opposed to shopping with them, you know? Yeah, I think uh, if, if it was still a, a position where they were the only ones making it, yeah. I think it'd be a bigger deal. Now it's basically like, well, you know, if you're not cool with this company, you can do this company, and it's really going to be probably the same price. Yeah, pretty too. similar, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I, I don't I don't really care, I guess. It's yeah. like, it's like, I mean, if they run their business how they do, and, you know. I cared more about just seeing how angry people got over. yeah it's it like the, i think unusual. that's pretty often though like in the industry like yeah i don't know mm. somebody posts some like like i'm not gonna name any of the things that have happened but like somebody posts like a picture of something they own and there's like a suspect sticker on it they're like oh you can kill yourself i'm like man that guy was just out enjoying his day like yeah. <laughs> more people in the industry probably disagree with you than you think you mm-hmm. know like um, i don't i don't get why people want to get uh involved in, in drama in the way where it's like you're doing a thing in your shop or with your own private business that yeah. It doesn't affect me or my business at all. Yeah, I, I Why do care. I need to get yeah. involved in it or even offer an opinion? Yeah. I definitely feel the exact same way. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, like, they have a product that you need. You have some money that they need. You mm-hmm. just have, like, this, like, unbiased transaction and, sure. like, not care. Sure. Um, which, I don't know. I feel like the same people that are, like, really mad about it are probably, like, just leaving a Walmart or something where, like, yeah, <laughs> like it's, yeah. like, some other, like, way bigger deal than, yeah. like, them. Yeah. Making a business decision to probably try to stay afloat. I know that that company was kind of doing some hand switching, you know, mm-hmm. like they're, they're getting by like everybody else. If, yeah. if that's how they want to do it. I mean, if you look at it one way, it's like, okay, this company's been around for a really long time. They've been a family company. So, yeah, it's maybe a bummer that they're going more corporate. But at the same time, if they didn't do that partnership, maybe they would just go out of business. Yeah, they might just close. Like, yeah. Oftentimes that does happen to companies. So, yeah. I think it's something to respect. Yeah. And, I mean, Ultimately, if you don't like it, you can shop somewhere else and yeah. that'll be fine. And you can shop several somewhere yeah. else, too. <laughs> and get the exact same products, minus maybe a color or two, which, I mean, nobody's dying for, mm. like, I don't know, fake London blue topaz, you know? Sure. <laughs> like, like, Do you have, like, a, any, like, hot colors going on for you? Uh, or is it just a little bit of everything? Since we're, like, honestly, I'm almost, the majority of my clients college girls. I'm using a whole lot of CZs and diamonds. Mm-hmm. Um, we have CZs for the college girls, and then, like, their mother's coming in and getting the diamonds. The diamonds, and yeah. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. some days I only use like singular prong set stones. Yeah, like for the entire shift. I think uh, my my next push that I would like to make is having basically a genuine version for everything that I have a CZ version. Yeah, I know we're dialing back almost like the entire selection of bezel settings because they're just not moving anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're definitely trying to do more like ornate gold stuff than anything. Yeah, like the gold selection is huge as like the like kind of single stone titanium stuff is dying down mm-hmm. and then she's been buying a lot of like kind of titanium cluster stuff like mm. basically the titanium version of like really popular gold ends yep like whether it's like the sabrina ends or anything like that the marquee fans have been yeah moving like we have those in like ones. both the sizes that they offer mm-hmm. several colors with assorted gems so it's you can kind of pick the same thing in several price points yeah like either you want like this tie tribead or this white gold tribead or mm-hmm. you know mm. but sometimes it's kind of strange because i'm just like eh, like they're kind of the same, <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah. Um, but we definitely have people that pick theirs, you know. I think some people get like the mental thing in their mind where it's like, well, I'm a diamond. It has to yeah. be a diamond. I mean, especially like, I mean, we're in Atlanta, so like hip hop culture. Like, yeah. there's some guys that are, are they're unwilling to buy. Like, I can be like, this CZ is the same, man, and he's like, no, <laughs> like, you gotta have flash. Yeah, they like they have to say it. Like, we've had people like literally turn their nose up to like 
$500 gold ends because they didn't contain diamonds. You're like, no, <laughs> certainly not. I'm not putting that trash in me. That sounds like a good uh, problem to have. But yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah. But it's like, so it, like, it doesn't really matter. Like, people will still polarize themselves. And it's, it's cool to see it happen at one time. Like, like some punk rock kid that has like 50 bucks to spend, 50 bucks to their name, they're mm-hmm. going to spend on this piercing and go to like the basic titanium selection while like this, like, I don't know, like rich housewife moves all the way to the other end. There's like coexisting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, it's funny ringing up like a $600 ticket next to like a $45 ticket. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. And especially like in a busy day, I'm sure you see a, a, a big mix of both. Yeah. So you're going like yeah. diamond to titanium. Where our CD shop is like place too. It's like if you go left out of our shop, it's just like strip clubs and like jack shacks and like porn stores. And mm-hmm. You go to the right, it's like billion dollar homes and like Bentleys everywhere. Wow. And like the richest mall in the town. Like yeah. it's just like crazy to see them like. It's literally like at our strip mall is huh. where like the line of separation is. Wow. But yeah. That's kind of a cool, that's kind of a cool uh, thing because my clientele, I, I pierce some people from my city, but I'm right over the border between Massachusetts and New Hampshire. So mm-hmm. a lot of people come up to do their shopping tax free. Yeah. So we'll get people from other cities where it's maybe a little bit of an easier sell than, yeah. than the locals. And it would have been. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. So you said you did a roundtable last year. What was the, what was the subject? Uh, it, was on, it was called The Power of Color. It mm-hmm. was basically on being POC in the industry. Mm-hmm. It was with uh, Luna. But, yeah. So I, I would always notice that that was a, a big issue at conference because it was like it was a lot of the same looking faces and yeah. not really a lot of reach to people of color. Do you yeah. feel like that's starting to change a little bit with social media? Um, slowly but surely. I would, like, especially being in the, in the Atlanta scene, like, I didn't really see how big of a problem it was, especially with, like, gender. Mm-hmm. Um, like, to me, like coming up as a piercer here, I was like, I was like, oh, all good piercers are women, like mm-hmm. for sure, because the only ones I knew were my like local community, which is three studios owned by powerful women. Sure. So I was like, this studio is in all men. And it's a like, good point. Yeah, I never yeah, really like, actually. It's literally, it's like the three biggest heavy hitters in the city are all independent business owner women. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, that's the piercing industry on the whole. And then I got to conference for the first year, and I was like, that's not the piercing a industry. Lot of white <laughs> yeah, it's like a whole lot of white males. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like. It's definitely starting to change. I'm seeing, like, especially with doing the, um, being a mentor year after year, seeing, like, those groups change. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just pretty crazy to see, like, how diverse it is. Mm-hmm. I remember my first year I got there, it was like, like, I didn't even register my first conference. I was just like, I'm just going to, like, I was riding my motorcycle cross country. I was like, really? I'm going to go to this and, like, see what's up. Yeah. And just hanging out. I was like, man, this is strange. I'm like, for sure the only one here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it was strange, like, knowing for sure. But now it's like, oh, there's, like, a lot of people. And that guy looks just like me somehow. <laughs> like, but yeah. How long was that motorcycle ride? Um, it was actually um, uh, an endurance ride, so I did it in two days. Wow. And then I rode from here to Dallas in one night, and then woke up the next morning, I rode from Dallas to San Diego, and then on the way back, I stopped through Vegas, and that was, like, way slower. I think I took a week on the way back. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Intense. It was, I was there for, I think, three days, and it was just, like, without being registered, just hanging out. Like, I knew a couple people from the yeah. internet, and I was like, I'm going to hang out with this person, <laughs> and, like... That can maybe actually be a good thing because I know conference can be really overwhelming for, for I mean, yeah. you know better than anybody if you're involved with the mentor program yeah, yeah. how overwhelming it can be if you're trying to experience the social side of it and expo and classes and all yeah, that sort of stuff. Yeah, it was, it was great to have no requirements. Like, I had no, not, no schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, even now, I try to, like, have, like, a point of interest for each year. Like, last year, I didn't even go to the expo at all. So, I was like, I have no reason to. I'm going to hang That's out with point. these mentees and, like... Mm-hmm. If Bethra needs something, she'll holler, but she rarely does. Yeah. Um, is there, like, does Bethra handle the, like, the buyer yeah, thing, she, or is there a buyer? Oh, for the she studios? does everything. Okay. Um, she works too hard. Um, yeah, we literally clock in work and then leave. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a shift where I'm kind of doing some more of the back of the house stuff now. Um, 
but it's still like I'm gonna go to the Costco for us. It's like it's rarely doing anything. Like she handles everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. Like I'll like do like repairs in the studio, like while we're closed. But yeah. otherwise, she like does that. Like I might go hang shelves, but anything that's really the business side of it, she takes care of it on her own mm-hmm. somehow for three studios. I think <laughs> on a on a way 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 smaller scale, I think that's kind of the role I'm moving towards is yeah. leave the the piercing to other staff. Yeah, and then I'm just going to do the back of house stuff and make their day easier. I feel like you have to at some point like just fall into like your individual positions. Like everybody can't do everything. Mm. Um, even like with me and her putting like jewelry orders away, like oftentimes I'll do that and we'll just step on each other's toes. Like yeah. she'll go to put something away that I already put away, and then like there's like that whole thing mm-hmm. trying to figure out like. We've gotten to the point now where it's like only specific companies are getting put away by specific people. So okay. Like, yeah, I do that a little bit too. You know, Evan handles a lot of the, the neo-metal. I'll handle a lot of the anatomy metal, that yeah. kind of thing. Uh, I do find that it's it's almost doing a disservice on the days where I try to go in and be the air quotes piercer. Yeah. When I'm even trying to work on like one or two things in the office because I yeah. get frustrated going back and forth where it's like, I'm right in the middle of this thing and then a client comes in or yeah. I'm right in the middle of this rush with clients and it's like, oh, I forgot I have to do this thing in the office. Yeah, you have to have like, at least for our studio, you have to specifically be there to do a certain thing or mm-hmm. else you just never get it done. Like, yeah. it's just too busy. Mm-hmm. Like, oftentimes I find myself doing things at like eight in the morning before we're open. So then like, because even if I like, if I'm trying to like, I don't know, hang up some certificates, like every couple seconds somebody's coming in that knows my name yeah. and it's like wants to talk and I'm like on a ladder. Mm-hmm. Just like... Trying to be as nice as possible while also trying to accomplish this task. Like, yeah. get off the ladder. Well, just uh, leave me alone. Yeah. Just leave me alone. Let me do this thing. But yeah, she definitely comes in, handles that, and then takes off because there'd be no way to really. Sure. You, we just end up having too many bodies in the building. That's mm-hmm. the problem with being so busy. Like, everybody says the solution is add more staff. And it's like, well, there's no space for staff to stand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, getting four people behind our counter is already too much. Like, the idea of adding a fifth has been super daunting. Yeah. But it will have to happen at some point. Mm. Um, and like any kind of like switching to like appointments just wouldn't work because it's just too many people. Like yeah, yeah. I, I think sometimes people give their opinion on what works in their studio without looking at the bigger perspective of yeah. Well, pick and choose what works best for for a different kind of studio because for me, I would never be able to understand the logistics of to run a shop as busy as yours. And I I think uh, someone in your situation coming into a studio like mine, you'd feel like it's vacation and like yeah, like I, do. I went up to Jen Kristoff's shop. Was like just visiting her, and I was seeing how they were operating. I was like, "Oh man, this is awesome! Like, mm-hmm. this is a beautiful place, running seamlessly." But it was so different that it was like eye-opening. Mm-hmm. Like for her, like a few people that she handled in the day, um, it was just like, "Man, I don't know what I would do with myself." <laughs> and like, but it was like all booked out and seamless, and that was kind of cool. Like, I can only daydream about knowing what was coming in next. Like, oh, that person's here for this. But like, you never know. I've done uh, guest spots in in appointment only places, and it's cool to a sense, but. Uh, I I kind of prefer the days where it's really busy and you're just back to back to back to back yeah. to back. And I feel like on those appointment days, there's, I, I'm sure every shop runs it differently and maybe with a more efficiency, yeah. but I feel like there's a little bit of wasted time in an appointment yeah. all the days. It's like, I mean, especially if I'm spending like three to five minutes with the person, like am I booking out 10 minute appointments? Like mm-hmm. what if it doesn't take 10 minutes? At that sure. point, why are we not just walk in? Like mm-hmm. I know most people, it seems like are doing like 30 minute increments, but that's like so many people for us. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, it just wouldn't work, especially with like a two-person day. Like, yeah. Well, some people, you know, their their business model is based on, well, if we're only going to do 10 in a day, we better give them the ultra experience, give them a yeah. cappuccino and yeah. take their coat for them or do <laughs> like whatever, whatever they like, do. With go decompress in the back together. Yeah. And, like, I've heard stuff like that. I would go insane if I had a half an hour with each client. Not to say that I wouldn't spend that time if I needed the time, but yeah. if it was a half an hour with every client. Well, that's the thing with us. It's like... If something's really simple and straightforward, banging it out allows us all the time in the world for like something that might not be so. Mm. Like I definitely can't have a friend of ladder come in after like 
a helix piercing with like a steel ring. Mm -hmm. And it's just like both of them get the appropriate amount of time, but no more, no less. Mm -hmm. um, and everybody like they go into our studio understanding that like if they go in and there's only like a couple minute wait, they're like, oh man, this is crazy. Like mm -hmm. I get to come at this time more often. Like we hear that all the time on Wednesdays because that just happens to be the day we tend to be the slowest. Okay. They're like, man, I got to come here on Wednesday. And I was like, that's what everybody thinks until Wednesday's the busy day. Yeah, yeah. Because it used to be like night would be like at nighttime right before the last call was super slammed. So people started coming right when we opened. Mm -hmm. But now uh, we have what Bether calls the door pullers where it's like a line of people that are all like, they all individually check the door to make sure it's still locked. <laughs> and like, but yeah, because we're there like 30 minutes before open, like kind of do our setup and like Intense. just everybody's out there waiting in the parking lot. Yeah. And then there's like the mad dash while we're unlocking the door to get past us. Like it's Black Friday. Mm. <laughs> like, well, I guess it's better than just nobody showing up. Oh yeah, it's like it's a great problem to have. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll never complain about being busy. You know, mm -hmm. especially me. Like, I just start to annoy everybody when we're slow because I'm just like dancing around and like <laughs> way too hyper to not be doing anything. So, with that kind of energy, with the mentor program, are you? Do you feel like you're getting paired up with people that are responding, are responding to that kind of energy, or do you just get like kind of mixes of people? Where oh, no, some I, are introverts, some are extroverts. I get a pretty decent mix, but I definitely like. I'm not sure how she does it, but she definitely pairs me with the appropriate people. Mm -hmm. Like, even if they're, like, really extroverted, they're still somehow the same person as me. Um, uh, yeah, it works out pretty well. I've only had, like, one time ever where I was like, I don't really understand why this guy got paired with me. And it was simply because he just was super independent. Like, mm. he just didn't need a mentor. Yeah. Like, and even then it was still, like, like, I still talk to the guy pretty regularly. He's, like, a nice dude who's just, like, he just didn't need anything. Like, we would just wave. <laughs> and, like, I guess that's best case scenario for, to you, for you not to need help. Good to have you there as support, though, but because like, even if people are, are really self-sufficient... Every now and then they might have some question of like, okay, should I take this class or this class or yeah. what's this setup or something? So just, just the experience of like, you're, you've been there, you're calm and collected with it yeah. and you can just kind of give that advice. That can be good for people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've had both spectrums of it. I've had like having somebody cry on me in their hotel room to like person that never even contacted me. <laughs> so sure. it's like, it's kind of a wild experience. Yeah. yeah. The overwhelmed and the yeah. overprepared. I had one mentee who got like dumped on her flight to Vegas like via text messages like got cell phone service to the message wow. so like I was her first I was the first person she told which was a little overwhelming compared to the, the guy who's like I'm just here like yeah. I'm good man <laughs> like huh. um, like basically forcing this guy to be my friend just like you probably need something <laughs> we're gonna hang out you need something I'm sure like, yeah but yeah I'm gonna try it this year I, I I haven't done anything involved in the mentor program in like years and years and years yeah. When when I was running it, it was not what it is today. It yeah. was just like a thrown together thing. So I'm actually excited to do it with. I mean, it's the it's logistics. been the most gratifying part. Like it's been it's helped me more than classes or teaching or anything. Really, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just cool to see that other people going through like kind of similar situations that I went through. Mm -hmm. um, like I had to fight my way into the industry and at least into like the good end of the industry. Mm -hmm. Like I got a three month long apprenticeship at a shit shop, or, uh -huh. and I, I mean like shit in the sense that like. They were doing like world-class tattoos, but like stocked with Metal Mafia. Mm. And it was like, basically when I took over, I just threw it all away. And it was just like, all right, so like, I mean, they probably hated me for it, but I was making like like $80 Neo Metal orders and shit. And like, like this is what I'm getting today. And like slowly those $80 orders grew into like $500 orders and like slowly but surely. Um, it was really cool, like never having to use like bad jewelry because I just went to having like a really good selection or a really good quality selection that was just really, really small. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, really cool to kind of explain that to other people it's like you don't have to use that like yeah i mean if you sure if you work at a shop that uses painful pleasures and you have no say in it okay but like there's definitely ways around it mm -hmm. um i got I, I definitely found my like little way to like kind of convince people to like to use what i could afford to stock yeah like making like tie opals cool was like 
pretty like <laughs> important, you know. Mm -hmm. They were like, "Oh yeah, I definitely want that." And I was like, "That's what I can afford to buy from Neo Metal." Like, I <laughs> our budget's real small. Convenient. Um, yeah. yeah. How long have you been piercing overall? Uh, Twelve years. Okay. Uh, so, do you yeah. feel like? Do you feel like there was a sharp jump when you moved into a high volume place where you could, you'd have the repetition and oh yeah, it was like dial things in. Yeah, definitely, it was a game changer because like, if I like, I remember talking about it with like VCHs because they were like something that I was like. I always wanted to make sure I was doing right, you know, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. um, but like, if I messed up, like, I don't know, let's say if like one in 10, like if 10% of them was off, that was like years of them at my last studio. But if 10% of them was off, that was like a day, you mm -hmm. know, like going from doing like one to two a year to doing like 10, 15 a week yeah. was like really big game changer for mm -hmm. like consistency. I'm sure. Be, uh, I think a lot of piercers are kind of held back by that same thing. It's like, how do you... How do you get more clients without the experience and then how do you get more experience without the clients? Yeah. I mean we had like at the last shop we had definitely like a really loyal clientele and then like there wasn't much going on out there. So it was like I definitely got by but it was like I wasn't getting any better until mm -hmm. like there was nobody I think the problem with being the best in an area is you, nobody ever tells you when you mess up and like bathroom's real quick to tell you you messed up. Oh, so it's sure. like so it's really great. Yeah. Like it's it's cool to be like, Oh look at this, it's so sick and she's like, It's not sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like um yeah, it was cool to like, I don't know, get a dose of reality. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, but you know, an opportunity to work with someone that's so much more experienced yeah, than you can be really yeah. enriching. I'm sure. Yeah, it's it's it was good for sure. Mm -hmm. But cool. now it's gotten to the point now where she like very rarely has to say anything, and like yeah. now it's somebody else's uh, job to or somebody else's role to be like mm -hmm. watched over by her. Yeah, uh, which at some point that's going to take a toll on her too, keeping us all in line. But yeah, it's cool to see. Uh, Piercers, whatever the, the the term would be, a journeyman or baby piercer or, or yeah. junior piercer, whatever, um, get opportunities in a shop like that. Like Lena is a really good yeah. example. You know, going from somewhere where she was kind of uh, the the second piercer or the yeah. third piercer, and then to the point where it's like, okay, now you get to do fifty things a day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she definitely hires up, which mm -hmm. I think is really good. Like she's giving people better jobs. Like she's pretty against people taking like side steps which you can see in her hiring like mm -hmm. she very rarely pulls somebody from another high volume popular shop um, and I think it's because she's handing out opportunities which is I think admirable mm -hmm. it's definitely something I want to attempt to do when I step into that role at some point well uh, she's got that old school mentality of like you have to develop talent if you want to yeah. be successful I mean I think it also like it produces a better employee if you if you give somebody a great opportunity, they're going to be more, way more appreciative than somebody else that's had plenty of great opportunities. And we, Absolutely. we've seen it with guest spots. Like we've definitely had people guess that we're like, yeah, that person can't ever come back because mm -hmm. we're like, so this is what we do, and they're like, nah. I'm like, no, that, no, that's just what we do. <laughs> like, I've, had, I've had guest artists that have been so bad that I don't have guest artists anymore. Yeah, it just we we have like a really uh, mixed bunch. Like the last go around, it was like people that like I had never heard of, and I was like, man, this who and then like they get in there I'm like man this is like the greatest person I've ever met mm -hmm. versus like having people that like everybody was like this person is great and it's like yeah they're great to like hang out with in Vegas but this yeah. person kind of sucked to be sure. here like to be in the studio you know mm -hmm. um, Sabrina from Warlocks was like crazy good like and like when they then they were like Sabrina from Warlocks is coming I was like I don't know who that is and then she came and I was like man this is the coolest person ever like how is she not more popular <laughs> like, yeah uh, well, if somebody coming from Warlocks, I would expect them to have. Yeah, some, like, well, they, when they said her name, I was like, I have, they said Sabrina, and I thought other Sabrina. Mm -hmm. And then they said her last name, I was like, I have no idea who that is. And then I looked her up, realized where she worked, and I was like, oh, she'll be good. And But it was like eye opening to see how good she was. Like, mm. every time we have a guest, there's always a few things coming back that were like miss size because it's crazy humid here and they went way too short. Sure. But like, hers were like, <laughs> like it was, it was great. Hmm.
Um, yeah. It's cool. It's it's sad that she's like settled down with the family, so we can't steal her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Does Bethra like walk around a conference just like wringing her hands, like scanning the room for people she can snipe? Well, it's like. Rarick, I, I don't think so. we rarely are hiring. Like even when we should be is mm-hmm. the thing. And I think typically it's like she just puts the word out and they come to her. Yeah. Um, I don't think she really has to do much work. Or somebody else suggests them. Like uh, the manager slash counter person from our Athens shop who suggested me. She was like, "What about this guy? I follow him on the internet." And Beth was like, "Sure." Well, I think I think her to do list is so long that anytime you like hand something to her, she's gonna at least try to act on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Like, think- Le- like Lena was definitely from me. I yeah. was just like. You know, this girl would probably like a raise. <laughs> like, but yeah. Um, I think everybody else is doing the sniping for her, so she doesn't mm-hmm. really have to. Yeah, the uh, talent scouts. Yeah. yeah. And it's typically because you know somebody that, like, it's cool or somebody else is around. Like, Eric, uh, we got from a shop in Marietta. He was, like, one of the first people we hired from really close by, mm-hmm. um, from, like, a close by studio at least. Um, and even that was just, like, his name was bouncing around. I knew he worked with the tattooer that I used to work with. So I was like, I like hit that guy up and I was like, hey, is this dude cool? And he's like, oh yeah, he's great. And I was like, all right. And he's like, why? And I was like, oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> like, My but, area is it's difficult even just to hire counter staff. You know? Oh, that, that's where we have struggles for yeah. sure. We just burn through them. Mm-hmm. Like we've had, I think now we have like some set ones finally. Um, we had the girl that I work with who's always been there. She started right before I did. And then we had like kind of they're all fairly new, but they're all like seeming like they're gonna work out, mm-hmm. which we burned through them. Some lasted. Some people got fired on their very first day. Yeah, like we had a girl that just didn't show up on our first day and like came to work the second day. And we're like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, but uh, that's the way more difficult thing, and I'm really glad I have no hand in that. Yeah, um, especially because it's such an important role, yeah. especially in a busy shop. We have one that we hired that like. Um, basically, I was piercing her, and she was talking about how she had just moved to town, and she was like, "Yeah, I was like, how you liking it?" She's like, "Well, I got to find a job," and I was like. You could apply here, mm-hmm. and now she's like my favorite coworker. It was like, it was the best coincidence that I happened to be piercing her right when she was like thinking about job hunting, and like, yeah. Cool. I feel like that's one of the best, one of the best avenues for counter staff is like a client that you can get along with. They they already know some stuff yeah. about piercing and jewelry. She she moved from Athens, where she worked directly across the street from our other studio. So it was like, there she already had experience from like. Like our piercer over there, Bato would get coffee from her. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Hey, dude, this girl, like, I'm we're thinking about hiring her." And he's like, "Oh yeah, she's great." And it was cool to have like backstory on this person, but also like, I don't know. Yeah, maybe we'll make sure that everybody else gets the same good vibe. Yeah. yeah. So like, it worked out really nicely. But we've had some that have been like terrible. Mm-hmm. And like, I think the big problem with like our situation is there's so many differing personalities. Like, I might completely hate a person that Lena loves. And it's just like, so which one of us is right here? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just waiting for, like, everybody else to jump on one team or the other before we make a decision. Sure. But, yeah. Well, it sounds interesting. You know, I, I really like to hear the perspective of people that work in widely varying business flows and the, the high-end thing. I, I would love to just kind of be a fly on the wall. I'm, I'm not really at a point in my career where I want to do guest spots, but I want to see... I want to do guest spots for, like logistics and management and see yeah. how the counter staff runs it the piercing side of it like i would probably enjoy watching but i think i'd be way more interested in knowing the front of house yeah stuff. it's like there's definitely like a checklist that they go down in order mm-hmm. and just sticking to that makes it pretty easy yeah um yeah they you know they get it done <laughs> like like i don't i don't envy their job at all like no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're you know I, taking care of well financially i've done sure. it uh i've done it a few times like where i was like um, I'm typically the one person that will kind of like, I don't know, take the demotion for a day or something. Mm-hmm. Like if, if nobody can come in for counter, I'll do it. Or sometimes I've been there completely alone when like catastrophe has hit or whatever. Um, so I've definitely done it enough to where I'm like, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, 
um, like they get treated like shit from clients and yeah. somehow manage to keep a smile on their face. Um, yeah. And there's always like that weird line where it's like, because they're all girls, like at, like for now, like it's it wasn't intentional, but they're all girls. So it's like, at what point do I need to like big brother this situation or let them stand on their own too, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. No, counter staff, they're the real heroes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, I want to thank you for you know making time to talk to me. I know yeah, it was sort of last minute and no, kind of like, anytime. I can do this exact time and that's it. <laughs> yeah. But I wanted to get you on the show for a while and it's, it's more fun to do it face-to-face than on the Yeah, absolutely. Respect, so. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, again, for the people listening, what's your social media? Where are you uh, working? It's X-C-O-Z-M-O-X. My name with X is on the end because straight edge. Um, and I work at Virtual Vice in Atlanta, Georgia. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for chatting with me. Yeah, of course. All right, thanks for talking to me, Cosmo. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me over to your house for that conversation and uh, fitting me into your schedule on a, on a day off when you could have been doing anything other than talking about work. For me, I am uh, heading to Glasgow tomorrow. I'll be out there for a few days, and it uh, should be a really nice trip. And then I'm going to come back and just get back into the grind. Uh, lots of trips, lots of stuff to do. I'm going to keep the show going for you. I've got another episode uh, recorded. I'm doing another one later today with uh, Kelsey Seifert. I apologize if I'm not pronouncing your name correctly. I'm sure I'll learn how to pronounce it when I talk to you in a few hours. And uh, I'll get that episode up online for you as quick as possible. So thanks for listening. You know I always appreciate it. And I'll see you next week. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.